1: Hello. Welcome to Watching the Tudors. I'm Heather. I'm Jonathan. This is the show where we watch the Tudors, hence the very creative name. Yep. And um, if you don't know me, I have another show called the Renaissance English History Podcast, where I have been podcasting for 12 years almost on Tudor England, and I thought it would be fun to go back and watch the Tudors. And look at what was real and what wasn't real and all of that. And I'm being assisted by... Uh,
2: her husband, Jonathan. And I don't know anything about history, even though my wife's really into it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I got to take that back. When I started this, I didn't know anything about history. But I'm... Look I'm, at
0: that. I'm
2: learning a lot. I'm catching up. But I'm, I'm, I'm providing the perspective of the person who doesn't know anything and asks questions about is this real and is that
1: real? Nice. So this was, we're on season three, episode six. I have a question for you. Do you absolutely hate Henry now?
2: I've, ha- I've, I mean, I've, I've hated him. I don't really like, yeah, okay. I, I don't hate him any worse. Any now. worse than before. No. Okay. I, yeah. Uh, gotcha. After killing Anne, I, that's just enough for me. That just I mean, he did you. all of that and then he kills her and it's like, come on, man. Anyhow.
1: All right. So you've, for like about a season now you've hated him.
2: I, I have. And, okay. but it's not getting any better. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Well, that answers that question.
2: Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm starting to hate most, most of the characters really around it, just feeling like they all deserve they what all, they're going to yeah. get. Okay. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. So in this episode we see the Pole family die. We see Anne of Cleves. Well, we don't see her. Because her face <laughs> is all covered we up. We see
2: the figure of her. Right. Yeah. And
1: Henry's trying to get another wife and Cromwell starts to slide. His slide picks up speed and velocity quite quickly
2: yeah it's not looking good for cromwell
1: no it's sure not um and edward seymour's rising and that's what we got yeah. so that was kind of the main stuff um yeah it was so funny because there were so many things in this episode that they got right and there were so many things in this episode that they got like so wrong and i thought it was interesting watching it because it was like oh yeah that's a good point point. and oh yeah that was right Um, but then it was like, no, no, that wasn't. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So should we get into it?
1: Yeah, I guess we should.
2: All right. Uh, so one thing I didn't really understand, Edward Seymour was, uh, commissioned to investigate the polls. Like why, I don't know. It just seems strange for the King to appoint Edward Seymour. Did, did he just like kind of look around and. Say, hey, you, you, you don't look busy. Like, right. you yeah, go do this. Yeah, he would like, have wh-
1: appointed people that he trusted and who had something at stake for okay. it. You know, it was in Edward's interest to find something because he was the uncle to the potential king.
2: I see. So, so he just appointed someone who was behooved to find what Henry wanted found. Probably. Kind of thing. Yes. Just seems strange. Like, hey... Well, brother I mean, they of my ex-wife, why, why don't you do some investigation? It was all this little
1: incestuous privy council, all these people who were all kind of yeah. like circling around and they were the people that he would have appointed because he didn't trust that many people. It's just you know? interesting.
2: I guess trust is what um, <clears throat> gives you power to be an investigator all of a sudden like i mean these just it just seems strange to to appoint random people to. well
1: you know also people then didn't even noble people even people who'd went to university and studied and stuff they didn't have like careers as we know them so it's not like you train to be an investigator Uh or you train to be a writer or you train to be i mean a painter i suppose you would but um you know for jobs like that it was like okay who do i find who's smart and that's
2: and that's, that's what you
1: did and noble people who had go- even people who had gone to university and had studied a lot and stuff if you were at court you were just kind of there waiting for the king to tell you what to do and mm-hmm. governing as you could and stuff like that but it wasn't like oh i need to find an investigator you I would see. just kind of get randomly
2: who, who, picked who you think might do a good job exactly okay all right and so yeah they took the polls uh and, and they arrested the, the, the young one as well. They took the, the whole polls. family. So they just got everyone. And are
1: you going to ask me about the end then? About the yeah, young one? I'll, okay. we will get yeah. there. All right.
2: Um, so then the French ambassador, what's his yeah. name? Castiglione. Castiglione. And, and he was a real yeah. guy. And was this like a big part of their job? Just like arranging, arranging marriages, marriages and, yeah. and just talking up different yeah. people and stuff.
1: Yeah. And this, you know, all the specifics about what conversation happened, when and what we know some of that from letters that were written, you know, that he would have written back saying, I said this. And and also people who saw things like he really did say the thing about Um, Do you want to just mount them? And it's not a meat market and all. He really did say that. Because people (laughs) reported that that was said. Um, So that's how we know kind of the specifics of what happened. Um, And in terms of like what meeting happened when, I don't know the specifics of exactly that. But it it was a a pretty big hunt for Henry's next wife. Um, It was like, you know, everybody was getting involved in it. Um, And Henry needed to get married because he only had the one son who was still quite young. So you know he it yeah. was it was a big deal for him also because he he probably knew that he wasn't his chances of having more children were quickly slipping away from him so he had to pick somebody who was going to be fertile and
2: and the, the DeLong, DeLongville, de long de bill is that their name mm-hmm. I and mean, they, they were real
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then they also talked about marie of guise who went on to marry james mm-hmm. the fifth i guess in scotland and Um, Became the mother of Mary Queen of Scots and all of that as well. So they, everybody, if you were like a single noble woman in Europe, you were kind of in play at that point. I
2: see, like, yeah, yeah. And then the the emperor and who was the emperor again?
1: That's still Charles Hmm. V, who's Catherine of Aragon, the king of Spain. Yeah.
2: Okay, and and he he
1: inherited that because you know everybody was it. The Holy Roman Emperor didn't necessarily go to the king of Spain. It was like a um people were elected. I don't know if you remember from early on, I think at the first season, Cardinal Wolsey had been lobbying for Henry to become the Holy Roman Emperor. Actually, it was like a voted on thing. And um so anyway, Charles just happened to have been elected the Holy Roman Emperor.
2: Okay. And then Christina of Milan. Milan, she yeah. was his niece or or something like that. Yes. Okay. And he and that that was all that was all real. And yes. she she was 15 yeah. i guess
1: i mean okay so this because i see you have that in exclamation points 45 he was, and 15. The, the king
2: was 45 and yes. this girl was 15.
1: all right so like just we can't put modern standards i'm,
2: on I'm not this. i'm not okay I'm, I'm not mad at him i'm and just it's 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 just <laughs> quite a quite a gap the there.
1: age of consent was 12. okay so anything over 12 was considered adult Right. And especially so most people like people think, oh, you got married so young. Like the average person didn't get married so young um, because they didn't have the money. And, you know, um, they would have gotten married actually probably close to the ages that we get married at today because um, they needed to to save money and be able to have a household of mm-hmm. their own. But noble girls <laughs> um, in particular could get were expected probably by the age of 12, 13 there was always something available for them to to marry into so if you um, weren't
2: married by 16 you were kind of
1: yeah which was prob which was mary's problem princess mary's cuz she wasn't married by that point and it was like what's wrong with her and and so all of that and <laughs> that's um, crazy yeah and and so you actually women and boys too boys and girls could be married even younger but usually what would happen is the girl would then go to the boys household to be raised and they would be raised together and that's what happened with mary queen of Scots. she went to france and was raised in the french household um and then when they were old enough to consent then they were you know actually it was consummated and it became a real marriage so and the idea of that age difference Again, not really that unusual for noble people um, because they're they're more marrying for wealth than, you know, and I think it's one thing that is interesting that they kind of show in this episode, and I think they could have showed more was Henry had a very unique humanistic idea of love that was different than courts. And he had this idea that he was going to meet somebody and fall in love with them because that had been what his history was of meeting women and falling in love with them. and. For it was transactional, you know, for for most people at this point. Mm. And so the idea of a fifteen-year-old girl marrying a forty-five-year-old or fifty-five-year-old man not that big of a deal because then what would happen is he would die and she would either be a widow or she would marry again, potentially for love. And um, you know, it was just kind of normal. But Henry had this idea that he was going to fall in love and it was going to, you know, try and get his youth back through being this great lover and and romance and all of that, um, which was partially what what the problem was there because that because he was old and had a rotten leg well yeah and it didn't work out like that because he saw himself in a specific way that other people didn't see him and uh you know that's kind of what part of the the problem was for him if he could have been a little bit more transactional about it it wouldn't have been as big of a deal and that's what like cromwell and different people were kind of pushing him towards that of like look it would be good for england and and he was no i want to be in love with the woman and um and it was I think that was kind of the, the problem.
2: And he must have smelled with that nasty leg.
1: They said that by the end of his reign, you could smell him three rooms away. I mean, that's, so, that's
2: what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I know when, when we've had a cat with an infection, I, yeah. you know, you can smell them and they're little cats. Yeah. So, yeah, good luck finding love. Yeah, he stunk to high heaven. Reeking of death. Yeah. Ugh. All right, and then Brussels seemed to have been, like, a hot spot. Was that where Duchess of Milan was, or that was where the Cleves were? Well... I have Brussels written down. I'm not
1: sure why you have Brussels.
2: Well, because he sent that guy to Brussels. Oh, to go yeah.
1: That's where, um, that's where Christina was. She oh, was in okay. Brussels.
2: She was in Brussels. Yeah. All right. But then the Cleves...
1: They were in Cleves, which is in Germany.
2: Ah, okay. So in Cleves, Germany. Yes. Amelia and Anne yes. were the daughters. And they were... This was all a really...
1: Mm-hmm. The real
2: thing, and then the okay. So then the poles were in jail now. Yes, <clears throat> and the bro, uh, the brother of Reginald. Yes, whatever Henry. His name, his name Henry. I guess. Yeah. Okay. W- what was the the letter like? Did they yeah. just find a letter of his? Do we know?
1: Yeah. So is this a real is thing? this is the Exeter conspiracy. Okay. And yes, this was like a real thing where and the, the thing is I don't like how they showed it in the movie. In the show because they made it look like it was all compacted time-wise and it all happened yeah. this whole thing unfolded but margaret pole was in prison for like four, three years before she okay. was finally executed so this thing like happened over time but yes, they found a letter that they had written that seemed to show support for what Reginald was doing, and then they did a search and they found you know the the banners and things like that, which you you just you can't have that like you, no. you burn that shiz. like that's just you you, you can't have that in your house, um, and so they did find find that stuff, and that was um, the idea. You know, we talked about who Margaret Poole was. She was the last Plantagenet. She had been the daughter of George Duke of Clarence, who was one of the three york brothers during the wars of the roses so she had some say an even better claim to the throne than henry tudor did because she was the the daughter of she was the niece of the king right and um because she was the niece of edward iv and henry henry the eighth was just the the son of henry tudor who happened to win By trial by combat when he beat richard iii and margaret poole was was their niece and um the the york brothers and so you know her her children and her grandchild had this claim to the throne which was stronger by blood Mm. than than henry's own claim so they were always going to be a family for whom rebellion would center around them and they could be figureheads for rebellion. And so um, you have to be very, very cautious if you want to keep your head when you're in that position when you know it's precarious anyway and that's why reginald pole is such an idiot and i blame him for the whole thing like you know your family's in this crazy position henry tried to bring you into the family like, henry's first response was let's bring them in and make them part of the family and they yeah. married margaret off to a loyalist and you know paid for the education of the kids and and supported. he made her henry the eighth made her a countess in her own right and it was like let's bring her in and make her so loyal that she can't ever it's you know part
2: of the family exactly
1: but it, you know, then to to go the other route and be to show that you weren't supportive of that, like you just. I mean, it sounds really brutal and really harsh, but you you can't let that stuff fester because it's just going to turn into a a really bad scene, you and know. It, and
2: it's so much worse. <clears throat> it's like even them who who were, you know, in inside like part of the family kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Like a rebelling. And,
1: yeah, and yeah. it's just. It's it, the whole thing. Reginald has a lot on his on his conscience on his hands for that because yeah. he had to know what was. I mean, he knew he knew what was going to happen.
2: So then we sort of touched on it earlier when we were talking about the arrangement of marriages, but but Cromwell really seemed to want Cleves. him to marry Anne of Anne of Cleves. Yeah.
1: So there was the Hanseatic League, and this was a group of um, the German Protestant League, and he wanted. It, What was in it for Henry was what Cromwell said was to not have to be, it always was this triangle, England, France, and Spain, and one would gang, two would gang up on the other. And sometimes it was usually France and Spain were at war with each other. And it was like, well, which way is England going to go? And that's going to tip the scales. But then things would happen like France would make a secret peace treaty with Spain behind England's back. And then it's like, okay, well, now England's screwed because it's this little island and it, you know,
2: whatever. Surrounded by
1: enemies and stuff so to be able to have a relationship with uh, another stronger power and at this point germany wasn't like germany like we know it germany Mm -hmm. didn't become germany until after like world war one and all that you know the 20 when it was all the prussian states and stuff and somebody's probably going to correct me on that and say no it was after the 1848 uh revolutions or something like that and that's fine you can i i'm not sure what the exact history of when prussia turned into germany was she's a Tudor expert right <laughs> um but um i wouldn't even call myself an expert okay. but yeah so anyway um there were these independent duchies independent you know um groups and if people want to dig into this there's a historian called heather darcy who wrote um, who wrote on uh, a biography of Anne of Cleves from the German perspective. And I actually interviewed her for something, so I can link to that in the show notes. Um, But people should read that book if they want to get into the history of what was going on in Cleves. And to be able to have a relationship with these German states, that when you put them all together, they could be as powerful as a France, um, would have been very important to Henry. Plus, because they were Protestants, Cromwell would have wanted to be friends with them because they were Protestants. And he was a reformer. And it would have led Henry more to that side than going back because he could see the winds. You know, we yeah, talked if, if about he like if he
2: married someone who was more Catholic leaning, then they yeah. could draw him back, especially because he seemed to be quite influenced by the people, Exactly. In his life. So
1: if he was if he was married and tied to a Protestant group, then it's like, okay, well, let's do more for that. And, and it blah, works blah, blah, that blah.
2: they're up the powerful group up in
1: Yeah. And then Henry's not so beholden to france So it actually on paper, was a really good match for Henry to for England to be able to have had this independent relationship and with so another that, group.
2: Yeah, I see. Okay. And for
1: Cromwell, it worked because they were Protestants.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> and then he said, "By next tide, do you know? It's. I mean, I guess is that just? Do you know what that means?
1: To for sailing because you had to go on the tides.
2: Oh, okay. So basically, as soon as possible. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then whole whole holbein holbein he was really like mm-hmm. sent around to do drawings yeah of, or... and
1: so i want to say something about this holbein because i think i wrote down ask me about that yeah well there
2: was <laughs> there was another part where the king said
1: oh yeah he might know, flatter he said yeah.
2: oh i don't know if these are real if the painter is either trying to flatter the women or to make me feel better about yeah. how pretty they are yeah so you said you wanted he was to say yeah no that.
1: he was sent around to do these drawings and the thing is the traditional story that people hear is Holbein made Anne of Cleves look prettier and that's you know what everybody says is like um he didn't paint a true depiction of her and he made her look prettier so there's two notes on that the first is that he the very famous painting of Anne of Cleves that was sent to Henry is painted from the front when you look at portraits of her from the side her nose is a lot bigger, so I don't think that that Holbein necessarily made her look prettier than she was. Just that he painted her from a much more flattering angle. Perspective, and, like he yeah. painted
2: it accurately from, from the, angle the front. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, her, she has a, a bit of a schnoz when you look at her yeah. at the portraits from the side. So there's that. But then the other part of Holbein and these drawings that people kind of forget to mention is. If Holbein had really made her look so much prettier than she was in real life, you know, Henry, how he reacts to things. Holbein stayed court painter for another several years after that
2: and was given commissions. He probably wouldn't still be alive. Right. Like much less... Exactly employed as the painter.
1: Exactly. And they made some other comment about um, he said, I've heard of Anne. nothing is said of her that she's not that she doesn't have much to commend her, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's so not how like they she nobody commented on her looks either way until Henry said he didn't like her. Like people said she was pretty people said she had spent weeks in Calais waiting for the to cross into England. During that time, the English were all there in Calais welcoming her as she became queen. She had her whole journey from Cleves to Calais where she was, you know, people were writing letters about what she was like and and getting to. And that whole thing took like months. And the whole time, nobody said anything negative about her looks. And people even talked about how pretty she was and how she was trying to learn the language. She didn't know the language, so that was a problem. Um, and women, and we'll talk about this more when he actually you marries her. but you know, women in Cleves had a very different upbringing than Henry's wives had had, and so there was that. But to say people said she was ugly and it almost made it look like the brother didn't want to show them because he thought they were ugly or something, like no, like that's just not that's just not accurate because n- nobody said anything about, her being ugly until Henry didn't like her. And then it came out that, oh yeah, she smells and like people would have commented on that before. Yeah. And Holbein wouldn't have kept his job. Yeah. And he probably wouldn't have kept his head. Yeah,
2: I mean, to (laughs) me, that's the biggest indicator. Like, yeah.
0: Hold up.
2: Yeah. He wouldn't have kept his job much less. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Then Christina of Milan. Had a lot to say about. She really did. Did did she say. She really
1: did. Yeah. She said. She she said. said
2: Wow. Yep. And how do we. Did. Do we have a letter? Like, yeah,
1: there's a letter yeah. that the one of the ambassadors wrote, not in not in a report to Henry, because they wouldn't have said that to Henry. I was gonna but, say, like, I, yeah,
2: yeah, there might have been a war started exactly if they told him what, what she really said. Yeah,
1: but in one of the letters to a friend, to someone else, they said that this is what she said.
2: Wow. Yeah, that was just really something. I mean, I, that, <laughs> I would think the same thing. Like, yeah, hey, do you want to marry this guy? Like, he's only been married three times, and, you and know, they've, they've all, all they've died. all died. <laughs> And not, like, of old age. Um,
1: well, Catherine theoretically yeah. died of old age, but...
2: Unless she was...
1: She wasn't.
2: I know, just that's what she said. I saying. know. Okay, so then we, we talked about having... You know, the banners in their house and everything. But I, yeah. I, I wondered if you could tell me what they kind of were. They, they the said one the was a royal banner It had a red rose on
1: it. It, it had the white rose, oh, the, the, the Yorkist rose. And it had the arms of the family next to the white rose, which was, um, you know, the the royal arms with their family interspo- interspersed with it. And then the white rose.
2: OK. And then the other was, he said, the most potent symbol of rebellion. That had, was the like, flag the of the pilgrimage the of
1: Grace. That was right. what the Pilgrim- pilgrimage of Greece bat sign. You Those know? are the people from the north yeah. who came down. The people from the north who that what we, well, we've been with, seeing this with, whole uh, Robert Ask. And, Ask, mm-hmm. yeah. Because okay. remember when last episode when he was when or two episodes ago when Robert Ask was in prison uh-huh. and the priest came to to help him and he said, well, how do I know if you're a good? Oh, and and he, he brought out he that... that thing. Oh, yeah. that's what that was. Yeah. That was the sign. It had the, the wounds of Christ through their hands and feet. And I that see. was the symbol that they used.
2: Okay. All right. And then Henry just seems like he's really getting paranoid. Do, do we know? Is that. Yeah. Like, do we know if he was. I mean, I guess people wouldn't keep journals and say the king's really losing his mind. But... Well,
1: no, you could just tell from like different people who were rising and falling and different. Like, he, he really was having a. A hard time with knowing who he could trust and knowing like what people's motivations were and his leg. So there's that.
2: And I just wonder, and it's hard to tell be- because clearly there was a medical gap between uh, what we know now and what they knew yes. then. So they also weren't, you know, as into psychology and things like that, or right. psychiatry and everything. Yeah. I just wonder if there's something about his infection that was messing with his with his mind or yeah, his emotional state. They
1: say that like there stability. was blood poisoning too. Mm-hmm. That and there's a number. So there's a guy called Seamus O'Calley who studied the medical. There's a, a couple of places, um, but Seamus writes a really accessible book that's not super academic. Um, and he's a pharmacist, so he kind of has a background in in knowledge with that. Um, and there's a number of the big the big ideas there that there was some kind of blood poisoning from his infection. Yeah, from and, his chronic infection. Yeah. And also there's there's certain things that people say that this relates more to his fertility, but that there was certain blood types that he had and things like that that would have made it and there's been a lot of people trying to, you know, hypothesize on what his various ailments were, but I think the blood poisoning is the cause that also would have led to um the paranoia and stuff. So they've they've done studies on on that kind of thing, and um, that would have led to to paranoia and to also not almost like schizophrenic sorts of behavior yeah, yeah.
2: gosh it's just it's it's getting rough
1: and it's just so crazy because it, it's so hard to watch and think like all he needed was two weeks of antibiotics, and it like yeah would have been fine yeah because like, yeah, give yeah, the, the him next... give him a 14 day course or yeah, whatever the next part
2: was all about his his leg and everything how he was just out yeah. of it and you know, I I I said I wrote down how it's hard to watch because it's it's like so easily in, in what we know now like yeah. they didn't know but it's just so easily treatable yeah and it's just so it's like lance that thing do, yeah. do we have any idea if Brandon was I don't one know who the
1: the thing ordered there was, the lancing yeah I don't think that but what they have there's a couple of letters so one is from a French ambassador in 1541, which I think is what this this He's event referring is referring in this thing. And it says, um, in March of 1541, he was laid low and one of his legs formerly opened and kept open to maintain his health suddenly closed to his great alarm for five or six years ago in the light case, he is thought to have died. Okay, so that's probably what they were thinking about the five or six years before when people thought he had died. Um, and it said this time promptly, the remedy was, rep- was applied and he is now well, and the fever is gone. So this happened several times where the ulcer would hear, they tried to keep it open. Yeah. Like kept it, kept a
2: drain. Yeah. It. Ooh. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Ooh. It's just pretty draining, horrible. Draining pl- so how, how many years did he have this wound?
1: Well, it was 1536 and then he died in 1547.
2: So 11 years, 11 years with a. Draining wound.
1: I mean, I'd be a tyrant too. To be fair, I mean, I mean, I would like.
2: I would have had my leg chopped off. I think.
1: Yeah, and I don't
2: know, but the medical technology back then was so bad, you probably would have died because they couldn't cauterize uh, your. And then you think about
1: also not only was his leg so painful. But up until that point, he had been really active. He'd ridden horseback. He was jousting. He was doing all this kind of stuff. he couldn't
2: be active. He couldn't
1: be active, but he still ate like crazy, and so he's gaining weight, and this is when he starts to become obese. So all that weight on the leg and like the doctors told him that he needed to cut back on what he was eating. They did know that much that he was eating too much and he was gaining weight. Um but he didn't and cuz in the past he'd always been able to eat like that but he was so active that he just burned it right off. So now he's becoming huge and and he's got the leg issue and the being overweight, obese isn't helping and it's just all turning into a really bad
2: scene. It's a bad scene all over the place. It really was. And then there was the scene where Francis yeah. was in bed with Seymour's um, wife.
1: wife. So wasn't true, but okay.
2: <laughs> and she was saying something like, oh do, oh, do you know, did they ever get to the bottom of who yeah. shot Robert That's
1: just That was the guy who was shot at the beginning. I, I yeah.
2: remember. but
1: She's implying that Edward shot him to get back at Cromwell because ah. Francis had said, did you, did, what okay. does he think about Cromwell? And mm-hmm. she's like, well, yeah.
2: I see. So she's implying that, that he had something to yeah. do with that. Or Which,
1: again, that's a mystery. So they just put that in there for the fun of it.
2: Okay. That's, it is fun. Yeah. Um, Holbein. Okay, we talked about, about him making the, the girls possibly look better. Then we have the, 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 the sad story of John Lambert. Yeah. Lambert. Is he a is he He's a, a real
1: guy, and he and Cromwell had known each other.
2: Is that who they named the uh, lion? lion with the sweetheart after lambert the cartoon i don't know Oh, okay someone I don't know someone out there listening knows lambert
1: never heard of that
2: we'll have to watch it after this
1: okay we can do that right. um yeah so and he was burned and the reports are that cromwell watched the entire burning and cried his eyes <laughs> out the whole like, time
2: so this this I mean, I don't know if I guess we can talk about a little just this is like really tough for me because because of the the dedication to people's beliefs back then. Yeah, I just. I. I I don't know. I don't know if people believe that strongly these days, I I think people would say they do. But if if they were actually in prison and they were actually going to be burned alive. Like I, I, don't know. Would
1: I don't know either. Um, I yeah. I there's a couple of things on that. Is one thing is even Archbishop Cranmer, later on under Mary's reign, before he was executed. Because spoiler Every, alert, he was executed. Um, he recanted and signed something, a paper say, originally saying that yes, transubstantiation is real, and he he regrets not having said that. He regrets. Preaching against everything, blah 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 he blah. He didn't
2: he didn't mean any of it. Right.
1: So he recanted. And the thing was also that the way the law worked was you got you got a pass. If you if you recanted, they would forgive you and say, Okay, you were wrong. So Cromwell was right in telling him like you can recant and and mm-hmm. you'll you'll live. Um so people were given that opportunity. And so Cromwell did that, and he not Cromwell Cranmer did that, and he got his life back. But then he felt so guilty about having done it that he went back to preaching all of the things that he shouldn't have been he preaching. Said,
2: I, I never should have written that recantation right. and
1: right. he was brought in again, and he he was burned. and apparently when he burnt when he was burned, he asked to have his hand that had signed the recantation put. In the fire first, because that was the hand that chomp it off,
2: don't bury it with me exactly. Because that was the hand that had sinned against, wow,
1: yeah. So, I mean, there's that. So, it's not, I guess the thing is, even Archbishop Cramer, who was like totally pious, all of that, he recanted once mm-hmm. so it wasn't necessarily the most unusual thing but then so what would happen is recant. people would feel guilty a lot of times about having done it because it's like how do you live with yourself yeah especially as you see your friends dying because that was the other thing like i think that that's also part of it if you see other people yeah. going through it
2: and then not it's, recanting then and... it's
1: like well how am i gonna live with myself i think if you were gonna do that if you were in that circle with those in that group of people and you saw your friends experiencing that if you recanted like you just have to leave the country or something you I just, know
2: i mean like how in, do you in my live opinion, with if that was my circle of friends i think i'd need a new circle of friends <laughs> i
1: know but you know All my circle it's, of
2: friends are getting burned at the stake it's just so, I mean, I crazy know it's what, to I, think that they believed in, and they were preparing for the afterlife
1: and that, you know, like, I mean, I'm a Protestant, so I think like, okay, well, I have those kinds of people to thank for bringing the Bible in English and for bringing, like, my faith comes from them. And it's just a shame because I don't think God meant for anybody to have to be dying about it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know? that's, that's like,
2: just, a, you know, Cromwell was saying, you know, we, we need people alive. And, yeah. And, and, you know, that's how I feel. Too. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like God didn't want everyone to get burned alive. And,
1: yeah, if if he so. wanted people to get burned alive, the Bible would have said, "You should get burned should
2: alive." Get burned, <laughs> or burn yourself at, at the stake.
1: But again, I you know I don't know because they say like if you deny, there's all the different. Yeah. It's you can read it so it's many a different tough, ways. It's a
2: tough spot. I'm glad uh, we are no longer getting burned at the stake for our beliefs, at least well, in, the, in the countries that we live that in. we live in. i
1: was in say there. in a lot of places they do still do <clears> stuff yeah. like
2: that. So
1: humans sometimes think we've evolved so much, but
2: we really haven't. No, not all that much. Nope. No.
1: We've got antibiotics now, but
2: yeah, you know. yeah, we, we've we've advanced medically and, and technologically. But you know,
1: sometimes too, I I think in another 500 years, they're gonna look at like how we treat cancer, for example, and they're gonna be like, oh my god, can you imagine? Like, they're gonna look at that the way we look at what they did with Henry's leg. Yeah, you know, and they're gonna think it was so brutal and it was so. Of course that's if we're still if humans are still around in five hundred years. Yeah. Which the way we're going.
2: <laughs> we'll see. Might not be. <laughs> knock, knock on wood. All right. So the stars are aligning against Cromwell. And I guess we yeah. already touched on this and you said this isn't necessarily very I, accurate I don't as far as the timeline. I mean
1: I guess I I would not being the director of the show and the screen playwriter and all that, I would think that maybe they're showing that he is losing friends um and there's not going to be people to back him up once the king really does turn against him but at this point the king was still was still with him oh and were you going to say were you going to ask me about Mary saying that she was going to that she'd like to burn him herself because there was that scene where Mary was talking to Shapley and she said that she would burn Cromwell herself if she could and i i kind of had to laugh at that because one of the things that brought Cromwell down in later on as he was falling in 1540 there was rumors that he had planned to marry Mary. Okay. And so he and Mary always had kind of a weird friendship, because I think Mary saw him as the person who saved her back in 1536 when he wrote her this letter and was coaching her and what to do to get back in her father's good graces. And she kind of always believed that he had spoken well to her father for On her), her and always kind of appreciated that. And they always had this even though she was super strong Catholic, he wasn't. They always sort of had this little relationship that they were friendly with each other. And there were these rumors that Cromwell was going to marry her so that he could then be the father of a king. And that was one of the things that brought him down later was um, he had he'd given her gifts and there were certain things that they were like oh look you know you're gonna you're tr- you're plotting to marry mary and um and i just thought it was interesting that they showed mary being I'm so anti about, yeah, him when there was like killing her
2: herself yeah yeah all right and then so the there was the cleve and a yeah. scene again yeah and I, I guess i was just wondering like do we know if people were really kind of pushing back at Henry, like at his forwardness yeah. and wanting to see everyone? And like, it does just seem like an international wife hunt yeah. for the man who keeps having wives die. Yeah. So I guess and there people, was kind of pushback resistance, was. I guess.
1: there, there. I mean, it was hard because it was, if, if the woman survived, it would be a great oh, it would be opportunity for her. I mean, it's one of her. like
2: the best marriages you can get. Exactly. The, the so it
1: was a very eligible match and people would have wanted it for their daughters but you know it's also hard because it's like i don't know and so they were kind of walking this line and they wanted to make sure there were certain assurities like in Anne's dowry and and in the contract and stuff there were certain things um provisions that were made for if something should happen in this and then they just wanted to get it all handled and have it be up front but yeah there was pushback like the french guy had said do you want to just mount them all and see which one you like the best and yeah
2: uh, um and then the, the veils thing right do we was that real So did the women know? in
1: Cleves did wear veils. So uh-huh. that was the thing. They would have actually had thin veils on and that was just the way they were oh, raised okay. so it but, and that's wasn't, just what they do. Yeah.
2: Like people some places wear funny hats
1: yeah, yeah and it's one of the things that again we'll talk about it next episode when he marries her and her upbringing women were were treated very differently in Cleves and then in, in those parts of Germany than they were in more humanistic, um, circles around France and more kind of liberal places. And it's not, it wasn't like they had to wear a burqa or something like that. It's just women had their own quarters and were kept kind of separate and they would have lighter veils, but it wasn't that it was, they were trying to hide, it was
2: just how they dressed. I see, I see. Um, And the Poles were, were truly were killed. The, yeah. the son or the the brother of, mm-hmm. of Reginald. And,
1: but and- again, it, it took years for it to happen so it
2: didn't happen like they showed no. in the timing but, but
1: and didn't. also the one guy says said there was no justice there wasn't even a trial that they, they there was a provision in english law for an act of attainder and if you were a noble person who had was suspected of treason parliament or the uh, your peers the privy council some some high i think the house of lords could pass an act of attainder against you which meant that you didn't need to have a trial and that you forfeit all your lands and stuff and that's what they did to the pole family so it wasn't like they were just thrown in prison with nothing um there was this act passed against them by a jerk quote-unquote jury of their peers um and so there's that and also yeah so they were all killed Um and And then the boy. Well, so that's a mystery. That he's another like the prince in the princes in the tower. He's another one that people don't really actually know what happened to him. Um, he probably was killed secretly. Um, but the you know I I don't know if he would have been. I don't think he would have been like executed. It was probably like the princes in the tower, where they were like probably smothered. And I know people are gonna say, "Oh, that's not how it happened." Blah 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 blah. Like there's a lot of different theories, but the so we don't know. But Margaret Pole, they started to show it, and I I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't, given the graphicness that they show other things. (laughs) Maybe they thought it would have been too much. But her execution was flipping brutal. Um, There's like It took over ten strokes. There was a super inexperienced oh, to take to, to, t- to, cut ta- her head to off? take her head off. Yeah, oh super inexperienced. Had what? are you ten? <laughs> like I think it was eleven that it finally took. But it was it was a lot. It was a lot of strokes to get her head off. Um, and also, there's some people wrote that even when she was out on the green, um, she started running away, and she was like in her 70s by this point. So they were. This part, I don't know if it's completely true, but there's some people who, who wrote this, that she was running away and they had to chase her.
2: As they were bringing her to the, yeah. the and block or whatever. Yeah,
1: and like the headsman or the, the guy had to like chase her with the axe, you know. Um, I laugh. It sounds horrible. But um but it definitely, it was a really bad, it was a botched, it was like really,
2: really bad. Well, she was probably moving. I mean, yeah. I, I bet she wasn't just sitting there and, oh, yeah. dude, that's just...
1: Yeah. And even at the time, people thought, people... I think kind of could understand killing Henry and the 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 son and and that, but killing her, people were really upset about that, and it was seen as pretty much of a miscarriage of justice. When it was like she didn't she,
2: do anything; she's yeah. just an old lady. Like yeah, she's she's lived seventy years being you know um, respectful to the king. Yeah, yeah that's like why just, she's still alive. And
1: exactly. But um, I so I was a little. Given the other things they show in this show, I was a little disappointed that they didn't they make didn't go, that they didn't go, with go there yeah. with her. Um, maybe they thought it would have been too much, but yeah, it's
2: probably hard to film. Like a- yeah a messy execution yeah all right the
1: way janet Wertman handles it in one of her books is um somebody reports to the king and says something like um you know blah 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 but but by the 11th stroke it was this and that and the king interrupts and says there were 11 (laughs) and so um yeah so that's kind of funny that's kind of all you need to to know is that yeah Yeah, so that's the ending of poor Margaret Poole. Very sad.
2: And around what point are we at? Like, so pre-Anne Cleves' marriage? Well, so
1: Anne of Cleves, the marriage happened in January 1540, but Margaret Poole was executed in
2: 1541. Okay, well, around 4041. Yeah. And he lives to be till 47? Yeah. So just, gosh, so six, seven years of kind of madness. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but he, you know, he went through periods where he was lucid and
2: nice. he was Spend all right.
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, he you know we'll we'll see. And and he had marrying Catherine Howard kind of worked until it didn't um, for I him. Just, and,
2: not not knowing what's going to happen in the future, yeah. I don't have a lot of high hopes for the rest of the series. I mean, not not I'm sure it'll be good, you know, TV. But I just yeah. kind of yes. seems like everything's heading downhill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you, I guess it is. I guess it is, yeah. Uh,
2: well, we'll yeah. see. We'll see next episode.
1: There you go. Leave it on a on a hang, cliffhanger.
2: There you go. Okay. To be continued. Dun, dun, dun.
1: Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to get show notes with links and all that kind of stuff, watching the tutors.com is where all these episodes live. It's actually a page on my Renaissance English History podcast website. So while you're there, you can poke around the Renaissance English History podcast as well. Um, You can listen to that wherever you're listening to this. And thank you for listening. And I guess that's it. Is that it?
2: We'll be back soon. Thank you all. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: Have a catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row. Dreaming of something better. Well.